Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day. Glad you're here. I better put this, somebody get me a baseball. I'm gonna set that down right there. Glad you're here this morning. I was enjoying talking to everybody and then I realized, wait a second, Alan's not here today, so uh, I need to share some announcements. So let's get this service started this morning. But we're glad that you're here and we'd like to welcome you to Bowling Springs Baptist Church. If you are a guest or visitor with us this morning, please note that there is a tear-off section in the bulletin and we would love to have a record of your visit and love to be able to follow up with you and get to know you a little bit better. So we're glad that you're here. If you're here this weekend is in light of Garden Web graduation, uh, whether you graduated. So if, if there are graduates in the room this morning, congratulations. Next Sunday will be Graduate Sunday. And so that'll be a special service for us. If you would like to participate in that service and have not let the church know, please do that this week. There will also be a um, uh, lunch after the service. And so we would love for you to join, you and your family, to join us for that lunch. And as a lookout, John Broom, it's good to have you here this morning. So welcome, Bonnie, good to have you back. Um, let me make you aware of just a few announcements really quick. Today is Cedric Starr's last Sunday for his internship, and you can speak with him, but he will also be with us next Sunday. I told him, I said, Cedric, today's your last Sunday, and we don't really have you doing a lot, but next Sunday, you're not on the clock, and we really want you to do much more. And so uh, we had a good laugh over that, but he'll be with us next Sunday. If you would like to leave a note of appreciation, uh, just a card or a token of appreciation to Cedric, there'll be a basket available before church and after church next Sunday for you to place a card and a token of appreciation to Cedric. Uh, and so we'll be, as we honor our graduates, we'll also have a special time to pray for Cedric as he prepares. Uh, and, and congratulations, Cedric, on the graduation, but as he prepares for California this summer. So uh, join us next Sunday for that special time. Let me remind you, there'll be no activities this evening, so enjoy time with family. And this Wednesday, we begin a new Wednesday night study, and come and join us if you, um, this will be a great time to start, or start back coming uh, on Wednesday nights. And then next Sunday night, let me invite you to a special time of food, fellowship, and music. Um, we are grateful for Cedric and his work among us and the relationship that has been renewed between our church and Green Bethel Baptist here in town. And so next Sunday night, the two churches are coming together again at 530. We'll share in a meal, not a, necessarily a big meal, but just pickups and finger foods together at 530. And then Wade and I will be sharing in some music just shortly after that. And so come out and it'll be a great night of food, fellowship and music. And then, uh, again, welcome today to the Mother's Day service. We have a special testimony this morning by Heather Voles. We look forward to hearing from her. Many of you know her better than I do. And uh, she's had a journey uh, in her life, and she's going to be sharing about how God has uh, helped her and guided her and nudged her and um, uh, been there for her throughout her journey in life. But as we prepare for this Mother's Day, moms, the following video is for you. Thank you. Today is a unique day. And it's far bigger than we think, because there are many different kinds of mothers, and all are being honored today. For the mother who's chosen to stay at home while her children are little, may your patience be great and your influence even greater. For the single mom who never planned on doing this alone, may you be consistently strengthened by your Heavenly Father, and may you hear His voice singing over you. For the mother who strives to balance work outside the home with love inside the home, may you be given energy, validation, and hope as you make the leap from one world to another every day. For moms who had poor mothers themselves but who now refuse to let that pattern repeat itself, 
May the godly legacy you've started be carried on for generations to come. For mothers with grown adult children, may today be filled with laughter and joy, and may you experience deep satisfaction and fulfillment. For women who have no biological children of their own, but who mother younger women as mentors, may you understand your role as a calling from God and as a transformation of their hearts. Today is a unique day, so for all the mothers we mentioned, and even those we didn't, be blessed, be honored, be filled with joy. You are making the world a better place because you're filling it with a love that only a mom can give. Because of you, most high God, I will sing the praises of your name. Thank you, Braden. Our opening hymn is number 44, For the Beauty of the Earth. 44. Please stand if you are able and join me in singing.
There are probably several prayer concerns, but I just wanted to mention one that um, Lynn Surratt had surgery on Friday, and he's still in the hospital in Charlotte, but he hopes to be home on Monday. So please continue to pray for Lynn and um, his family. If you would, please uh, go with me to God in prayer at this time. Gracious and loving God, tender, nurturing, and challenging like parents at their best. On this Mother's Day, we especially thank you for your concern for the well-being of all your children. May we hear and respond to your call to care for all of our sisters and brothers across the earth. We rejoice in our mother's good gifts to us hugging us when our pride is hurt, bandaging our skinned knees, encouraging us with our homework, helping us discover and develop our loves and our dreams. Yet in the midst of our thankfulness for good mothering, may we also be reminded of those wounded by the lack of motherly care, those of us who do not know or rarely know that hugging, bandaging, encouraging, and helping presence in their lives. And let us not forget the pain of those unable to have children. They too have motherly gifts to share. Help us, O oh God, to be a community in which true mothering takes place. When we do not see the pain of other children as we see the pain of our own, Turn us, O oh God. When we teach our children to harm each other, turn us, O oh God. When we forget that your dream of justice is that the entire human family live in peace, turn us, O oh God. Help us not learn the way of Caesar, but the way of Christ. Help us learn to mourn the dead in such a way that we dream of the time when we need not learn war anymore. Still, we do what we think we must. Remind us that you grieve the loss of any of your children, O oh God, of all mothers and fathers. 
El Shaddai, we are nourished by the power of your love which sustains life. May that love evoke in us the deep feelings which connect us to one another. So again, we give thanks for those who, as mothers in our family of rebirth, act in such a way that we become brothers and sisters to all. We who are called through the Spirit to be sisters and brothers of Christ Jesus entrust ourselves to you, O God, our loving parent. Amen. If you would now, please turn in your hymnal to number 507. And if you are able, please stand and join me in singing, Would You Bless Our Homes and Families, 507. Pray with me. 
Father, we're so thankful to be here in your house on this Mother's Day. Our mothers are just like you, Lord. They give and give and only ask a little bit back of us. As we come to give that part back to you today, please remember, help us to remember to give of our time and our talents as well as our money. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We would ask you to join with us in singing on the circle of love when I indicate to you that it's time for you to sing. The words will be um, on the screen.
So um, first, I just want to say that I'm glad everybody's got their finest underwear on today. Because, um, okay. Uh, if you could hear my heart, it's racing. Um, first, I must tell you that I procrastinate. So yesterday afternoon, um, as I started working on my Mother's Day gifts, I began to really think about what I was going to say today. I do believe that procrastination is part of planning because I'm usually thinking about whatever the task is constantly, usually dreading it. I also tend to worry. Russell would tell you I worry, worry, worry some more, and then frantically I do whatever it is. Um, usually I'm successful, and I'm pretty sure he loves and hates me for that. Um, so the past couple of weeks since I was asked to speak, I have worried and reflected and prayed about what I would say. I have worried, but part of me daydreamed that I would have this comedic sort of monologue that I would do. I think anybody that speaks to a crowd pictures a speech full of punchlines to lighten the mood, or maybe it's just the hammock in me. Um, either way, the truth is I'm quite an eccentric, as my mama would say. A mix of, ex of introvert with a dash of wish wishful extrovert. So the Lord knows this is boldness at its best for me. Um, I was working on a gift for my mom that involves lighthouses. She won't see it until Wednesday, which she's here, um, but it's not at her house yet, so she won't see it till um, Wednesday, most likely. And they've been in Nashville, but they did come home today. Um, and I won't go into too much detail she, since she is here, but she loves lighthouses. I came across a scripture that worked perfectly for the project and represented my life. I'm sure I've heard it, but this was the first time that I really thought about it. 1 Corinthians says, or 16, 13 through 14 says, Be on guard, stand true to what you believe. Be courageous, be strong, and everything you do must be done with love. This verse sums up how my life has shaped my walk of faith. I'm in a Facebook group for triplets that were born in 2014. And recently the question was asked, what is your favorite childhood memory? I didn't immediately go to one, but thought quickly of several. Most of them were with my grandparents. I looked at the other responses that there were on there, and most of them were also about grandparents. For me, my memories were spending the nights on the water of Lake Wiley at my maternal grandparents' houseboat, and then also getting off the bus at Robert and Eloise's house I remember taking soap bath in Lake Wiley and going home swaying in my bed after spending the weekend on the lake. At Robert and Eloise's, I remember getting a huge chocolate Hershey bar or a Butterfinger every single day after school. We would watch Dukes of Hazard and make fun of Nana as she would ask if we had lessons that day. She meant homework. I think that parents guide the heart of the child, but grandparents guide the memories. So whatever season you're in, remember you're guiding a life. I grew up right here in this church. I had the best Sunday school teachers, GA leaders, and youth leaders. My parents provided a safe, loving Christian home. My parents encouraged my faith every day. In the summer of 1995, I got to go to Caswell with the youth group for the first time. What an awesome place. If you've never been, I encourage you to find a way to get there. I rode down and back with Catherine Hamrick. She may not have known then, but she is still a big rock in my faith. 
I don't recall much about the actual ride. We were in her car. I do remember Red Red Wine was a tape that she played. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, at Caswell, my memory was vivid as I felt God pull on my heart to trust and follow him. Catherine was an encourager and helped me pray and repent and accept Jesus as my savior right there on the front deck of the barracks we were staying in. What a powerful week. I recall other women who encouraged my faith, Barbara Lell as a GA leader, Ellen Upfries, Kathy Wilkinson, Betsy Beeson, Elizabeth Pack, and many other chaperones that also made an impact over the years. As a high school girl full of life but also naive, I was challenged by peer pressure and worldly sin. At the time, I met a guy who was wrong for me. I didn't realize it at the time, but he didn't share my values that were instilled in me, and time and time again, I was put, pulled toward him but away from God. I now realize that it was an emo emotional abuse that I shouldn't have been in. I know I gave my parents and family so many sleepless nights and lots of grief. But I tell you the story to say that in those few years, which seemed like an eternity, it was the foundation of Christ's love that kept me through that time. I had two pregnancies that resulted in the loss of two little three-pound babies. I hold them in my heart, but I know God's purpose for my life was greater. This experience shaped me as it taught me to be on guard, as the scripture said. I think many of us had have have had rush, a rough relationship that taught us something, so I'm grateful for that lesson. In the spring of 2003, just as I, I turned 21, I went to a, with a friend to a place in Gaffney and saw this handsome guy standing against the wall talking with his friends. I remember being drawn to him, although I didn't really know why. I kept looking at him and we finally spoke. I had a feeling that there was something special, and um, that Sunday we also went to church together for Easter. I introduced him to the entire Hamrick family that same day for Easter lunch. And so it was, two years later, we got married. Our marriage was exciting as we made memories, just the two of us. In early spring 2007, we learned we were pregnant. We were excited, and because of my history, I was a little nervous. We went in to Charlotte at 12 weeks and learned there were complications. Being sent to Charlotte, we learned that our baby would not survive. My heart broke. Russell and I had the difficult pain to, to know that we were not going to be parents at that time. Our faith in God brought us through the difficult pain together. I turned to God, and the song, I Will Praise You in This Storm, got me through it. I ran from that pain and walked away from my hairdresser career, but I still turned to God. But God had a plan. That very August, we became pregnant again with what would be Miss Lila. I thought I would not be a mother, but God blessed us at just the right time. When Lila was born, my Papa Robert was beginning to have a difficult time in his um, illness, and God used our difficulties for a greater purpose. I got the most awesome blessing ever because I was able to go stay with Papa every day to help him manage his medicines and housework. He got to see Lila every day. He would say, hey there, to her every morning. My Uncle Robbie would often come by too. Lila had both of them wrapped very tightly around their finger. 
She was 10 months old when Papa died, and at the viewing before his funeral, we walked by and she said, hey there. So what a blessing to have that time with him. But it was through that time and his hospital stays that God moved my path again. I saw some great nurses and some very bad nurses. Now let me tell you, blood and needles made my knees ache. I did not like them. So this seemed crazy to me, but in spring of 2012, after standing in on surgeries, starting IVs, giving shots, assisting with several births, doing CPR on countless number of patients, I was a registered nurse. Crazy. I was also the one before nursing school saying that I would not want to work in a nursing home. God thought otherwise. For two and a half years, I cared for many older adults and was blessed every single day. Stand true to what you believe, the scripture says. Our paths are known by God. Stay true to him so that you can trust him. Now God must have, now God must have thought our life was too boring. I think you guys know where I'm headed. With me securely at work making a good earning, Russell and I talked about it was his turn to make some changes. We like to go things about things backwards in life most of the time. So in August of 2013, he decided to resign his full-time job and go to school for basic law enforcement training. That same December, he graduated with his certificate. He took a part-time job with Bowling Springs Police Department. In late May 2014, I began waking up at 3 a.m. like clockwork, starving and having to go to the bathroom. After a few days of this, I realized what must have been going on. Yes, three tests confirmed it. We were pregnant. I went in at five weeks to see Dr. Keeley. He did a quick ultrasound to settle my anxiety after having three miscarriages and said, yes, there it is, one, all looks great. Fast forward to June, and since Russell had been working part-time as needed, I encouraged him earlier in the year to go with Wesley and the youth group to Caswell. So off he went that week, and on that Thursday, I went in for my eight-week checkup. During the ultrasound, Dr. Keeley's face changed, and he asked where Russell was. My heart halfway sank as I knew something was going on. I could see little bubbles on the ultrasound monitor, but my first thought was, is this cancer or something bad? I told him that he was at Caswell with our youth group. Dr. Keeley's response was, are you seeing this? And I was like, what? And um, he said, you have a youth group right here. There's three. Cue me staring at the ceiling thinking of our two-bedroom home. But God keeps working. That same place in Charlotte where our hearts broke was the same place that brought us joy in seeing our three sons grow in the womb. A side note about God's humor. I was 33 years old with, when, I had, or when I was pregnant with the triplets. Our trio was born in OR3. I had them at 33 weeks and three days. Early in the pregnancy, I had had a bleeding scare and went to the emergency room. Last week, when Callan went to the emergency room for allergic reaction, I realized it was the same room I had been in, room three. They will also be the class of 2033. Amazing. 
Anyway, I was, just as I was stopping work to carry the three babies, Russell was blessed by a position at Cleveland Community College as security director. Our wonderful church family provides so much love and support. We were blessed with diapers that lasted for two years. Just like loaves and fish, why did, we didn't buy those things until recently. He continues to bless. Be strong and courageous, the scripture says. Russell and I have time and time again wondered how we would do it. But through our family, friends, and this church family, and the work of God, he keeps providing. I've taken the last year and a half to go to school full-time to get my Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. There have been many times when I was overwhelmed, but my faith and some family reassurance has pushed me through. So this summer I will graduate with my Bachelor's um, in, in Nursing. I also want to tell you about my life as a law enforcement officer's wife. The Lord challenges me the most with this role. If you know a wife or husband of a law enforcement officer, detention officer, or other area in law enforcement, you know someone who has courage that must stand strong. The role is difficult. There are many times I battle with my own selfishness about his job. Law enforcement is a calling, but it's a difficult one. Many marriages can't withstand the challenge and the stress. Our marriage is tested, but we both have faith and strength in our marriage that I pray is able to withstand such things. If you know a family in law enforcement, know that they carry lots of weight and are very strong, but encourage them with God's love. The last part of the scripture I shared in the beginning says, and everything you do must be done with love. I look at how my life's changed, my path move in directions in an instant, but the constant is love. Love from family, love from church, love from God. Many of my burdens were passed to his glory in my life. We are not called how we are not called to see how the world affects our spirit, but how our spirit affects the world. I think God is constantly at work in our lives. Perception is at the root of it all. God has shown me again and again to change my perspective and let him change my life. I recall something that Pastor Steve Furtick once preached about. Look again. If you ever feel like God has left your side, look again. Most likely, if you just keep pushing forward, the blessing is coming more than you can even fathom. God can do things in one day. I can stand here all day and tell you so many more ways that he has done just that. I hope that you will be blessed in some way by what I have shared. I leave you with this song, Meditate in Your Heart to Find Your Faith and Look Again. Sometimes you win some Sometimes you lose some And right now Right now I'm losing back I've stood on this stage Night after night Reminding the broken It'll be alright But right now There's nothing to bring me down 
They say it only takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing a little faith is all I have right now. God, when you choose to leave mountains unmovable, oh, give me the strength to be. Heather, thank you. Um, I was reminded during your testimony and during the video, and I'm just going to share a few thoughts this morning, but, uh, you know, there's been rocks in your life. And what I mean by that is, is good rocks, you know, the rocks of, of your family that have, been, that have been there, rocks of friends and the church, and of course, your Savior. And I think that, you know, there's many children you've seen here, young children this morning, and uh, youth that are throughout the sanctuary today. And um, this is a church that values and provides opportunities for our youth and children. And may they, as they continue to grow, see those rocks in their life, within their family, within their church family. And may they find the ultimate rock, uh, that rock that is also that fortress that Psalm talks about as well that we're going to see this morning. And may you and I, as we slip and fall, may we be that rock 
as unsteady as we may be at times in our own lives, may we be faithful to be that example. Heather, thank you for sharing this morning. Uh, the Lord has certainly not only been that rock, but um, that you have continued to lean on and trust. And so thank you so much. I know it's not easy uh, to do what you did this morning. Thank you. I want to share just something very briefly this morning. I'm grateful, you know, as Heather talked about her story, um, there are emotions that welled up in her and there are emotions that well up in you and I as we listened. And as we read through the Psalms, last summer we talked about this, that Psalms are um, filled with emotion. If you can imagine the emotion, Psalm has it somewhere in the 150 chapters that we read as Psalms. And in today's Psalm, I'm just going to read a few verses from, uh, we hear it's, it's a Psalm of lament, also a Psalm of complaint. We tend to do that from time to time, don't we? Amen. But it's also a Psalm of trust. Just like Heather's testimony in that video that we just saw, sometimes we don't have the answers. The answers can't be found. And we don't know when they will come, if they will ever come. But at the end of the day, we have to put our trust in something. We either choose not to trust, or we can say, God, I don't understand what's going on, but I trust you, and I'm leaning on you. David writes in Psalm 31, a, song, a strong psalm of trust. And I just want to go ahead and say at the outset, I have taken some comical liberties with our text today. So the theologians in the room today will say, that's not what the text means, Keith. And I'll say, I know. But I think you will see where I'm going in light of Mother's Day with our text this morning. But if you'll, it should be on the screens. I'm reading intentionally out of the New Living Translation, and that should be up on the screen. Psalm 31, David writes, O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be put to shame. Rescue me, for you always do what is right. Bend down and listen to me and rescue me quickly. Be for me a great rock of safety, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. You are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this peril. Pull me from the trap my enemies will set for me, for I find protection in you alone. I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. And later down in verse 14, David writes, for I am trusting in you, Lord, saying you are my God. In verse 15, my fear is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Let your favor shine on your servant in your unfailing love, save me. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word this morning. You ever feel like you have to get some things off your chest that you feel like, and how do you do it appropriately? I'm sure there's been times like that, Heather, with married to a policeman. Uh, in each of our lives though, you know, where we have to get something off our chest and we just don't want to tell our spouse because, and it's important to tell our spouses everything, but we just don't want to unload on them. They're just going to think we just, we've lost it. Um, sometimes those happens and we do unload and, and they do think we've lost it, but in life goes on. We, I get that. But David had to get something off of his chest. Um, we all have that. Maybe the chaos of life, uh, that is often our lives, unfortunately, you know, sometimes we just have to find that person. Sometimes, hopefully, it is our spouse, our family, but sometimes it's maybe somebody else that can, that's, more, that's a little more safe and we can get it off our chest and then we can go back a little more refreshed, a little more normal if there is such a thing. But again, in today's text, David has to get some things 
off of his chest. And I, again, I love this psalm that we have because it's a psalm filled with questions. It's a song filled with lament, with honest complaints, but yet one where the author David is fully trusting and leaning on the Lord. The strong message this morning is for moms, but I think anybody that can recognize chaos in your life, and I say that too, Heather, I was thinking about you as I was planning this sermon because when I think of chaos, I, I mean, I think of triplets and, and, and a nine-year-old nine now, right? Is it nine-year-old, Lila? And a nine-year-old and, and a husband who is out doing you don't know what with, with law enforcement and with the community. Um, there's chaos, and you got to be okay with that sometimes. And uh, it, it comes with the territory. But I thought of this text this morning, and I thought of a mom dealing with young kids. And so I've taken a few liberties. Uh, some are not that comical. Others may, you may find so. But in the first verse, and I'll put my glasses up. In the first verse, it says, Oh, Lord, um, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be put to shame. I was reading somewhere this week, this week where we get the idea here of, of a, the a picture here of a bird seeking shelter under a mother's wings. I don't know for a child, you know, we all uh, find protection and can in a mom. The message paraphrase of this, the message uh, paraphrase of scripture written by Eugene Peterson says of this verse, I run to you for dear life and don't let me down, take me seriously. I run to you for dear life, don't let me down, take me seriously. Mom, my hope and prayer for you this morning is that you may run to God as your young child runs to you. Children run because they miss you and they're glad to see you. Children run to us because they're hurt and afraid. I remember Aiden, one time with a photographer, he would not let go of his mom. He was not going to that. I don't know what happened with that photographer to scare him. And then the other time was a giant, big Bugs Bunny. He had never seen this big, giant stuff. He was used to his tall, goofy dad, but he had never seen this 10-foot tall bunny that was dressed up with ears that went way up. And he was scared to death. He would not let go of his mom. He was holding on so tight to his mom. But we run also because we want to tell somebody something. Something just happened. And sometimes we run because we simply want to be with someone. Sometimes they want run simply because they want to be where you are. Mom, and really all of us, I hope that we are like that as well when life gets chaotic. As David is challenging himself and the, uh, and the people of Israel to run to God for protection, People of God, I hope that we, in the midst of our crazy, busy lives, whether it's because of mom, of, of preschoolers or not, I hope that we can get in the habit of running to God in the midst of the chaos. In verse 2, and this is one of the main, well, it's a couple of verses, the main reason I did it out of the Living Bible, and I noticed that a newer version of the Living Bible doesn't actually list it this way, but verse 2 says, bend down and listen to me, rescue me quickly. Anybody knows in child psychology, if you want to be more effective with a child, you need to get down on that child's level, and that's very difficult for me to do sometimes. Sometimes I have to almost lay down on the floor, you know, um, but it's to get down on the child's level. But mom, as your small child could say to you, bend down and listen to me, may you have the courage and the boldness to go to God with your frustrations and concerns and say the same and know that when you do, he is there and he is listening. Your prayerful, honest conversation with God is the one conversation where you can be gut-wrenching honest and you will not be judged and you will not be picked apart. You can trust him with your deepest frustrations and concerns. Are you willing to pray this morning in the midst of your chaos? Bend down and listen to me, God, because I need you more than ever right now. Verses 3 and 4 speak of that rock and fortress. 
They say, you are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this peril. Pull me from the trap my enemy set for me, for I find protection in you alone. Mamas, you seek to be the rock and the fortress for your children. Make sure that you've made God your rock and your fortress. Where or to whom do you turn when the pressure is mounting, when the stress is high and the circumstances are not going your way? Your house is a wreck, no one's happy, finances are short, and your mother-in-law and mother called to offer their input into things. And then your supervisor called and wants you to come in work, come into work early and stay late tomorrow. Where do you turn in times like this? Is God your rock and your fortress in a world where pressures seem to be so great at times? And verse five is a verse that many of you uh, recognize, maybe not so much from the New Living Translation, but in in here it says, "I, I entrust my spirit into your hand. And out of the King James or NIVs, many of you may know, Uh, The words of Christ when he said, into your hand, I commit my spirit. He was quoting Psalm 31, 5. David expresses this complete dependence on God. His life is in his hands to do as he pleases. These words were spoken by Jesus before his death on the cross, but also by Stephen in John chapter 8 before his stoning. Church history also tells us that Luther, Knox, Huss, and others have echoed these words throughout time. Imagine a minister I could see or other faithful followers uh, saying these words, into your hands, God, I commit my spirit. And I can also see a mom and anyone who's overwhelmed with the chaos that is life sometimes saying, God, I don't know how all this is going to play out, but into your hands, I commit my spirit. I trust you. I don't know what's going to happen in the next minute, more or less tomorrow, but right now I'm making the decision to trust you and to follow you. Verse 11, I didn't read this earlier, but I just have to share it quickly. Um, this is where the, some of the comedy begins. Um, it, it's terrible for a pastor to, to use the word where it says enemies and think about children, but I know it's Mother's Day and it's a terrible thing for me to say that, but, but just go with me here. In verse 11, it says, I am scorned by all my enemies. But if you think of children there, just for a moment, okay, forgive me, please. Um, despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. You know, has that ever happened to you? I did talk to somebody this week that said, you know what? We were great friends with another couple, but once we both started having kids, it's like we kind of started to distance ourselves because that kid was a holy terror. And uh, you kind of started avoiding some friends at that point. I don't know if that's happened with any of you. But, um, and then it says also in verse 11, when they see me on the street, they turn the other way. They begin walking on the other side. They're like, there comes so-and-so with all the kids. Let's, uh, Let's go over here for a second. Um, you may have some family members like that. I don't know. But okay, down to verse 14. We're almost done here. Verse 14, I am trusting you, O Lord, saying you are my God. And the word trusting there also has the connotation of, mean, of meaning leaning on. I am trusting or leaning on you, O Lord, saying you are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Heather, can you relate to that? Rescue me, God, from these hands that hunt me down relentlessly. The message paraphrase of verse 15 says, safe from the hands out to get me. (laughs) I love that. Um, And then it says, verse 16, let your favor shine on your servant. Let your favor shine on your servant. As independent as moms are, as independent as you're trying to be, mom, can you pray like David when he was at the end of his rope and say, God, I entrust you with my life. I don't have the answers. There are hands out to get me. Life is overwhelming. The chaos surrounds me. 
but God, I put my trust in you. I'm leaning on you. And my hope and prayer that as you do that, you can feel God's favor shining on you, his servant. At least four or five other Psalms where David prays the same prayer uh, are, are in the Psalms where he says, may your favor shine upon us. There's other things, but for the sake of time, Heather has preached our sermon already this morning, so I'm not going to add those this morning. But mom, I pray that your faithful, or mom, let me say this, your nurturing faithful presence and the work you are doing with your children is making a difference in the lives of your children. Many of you have witnessed, whether pictures on Facebook or some of you have actually been to graduations over the course of the last two or three days, and you have seen countless hundreds, thousands of graduates in our colleges, in uh, soon to be in our high schools that are turning the tassel and throwing the hats in the air that are celebrating, but they would not be where they are and they would have not made it to where they are without that loving, faithful presence of a mom. So mom, keep up that good work. Keep loving your children. Find ways to bring comedy in the home. Some of you, that's not, di- some of you, that's not difficult, uh, but find ways to, to nurture and then find appropriate ways as well to instruct and to guide. And as we have seen and will continue to see over the coming weeks, as we'll see in this place next Sunday as we gather for worship, the results of what loving, faithful presence of moms who are that rock and that fortress, we'll see the results of what that can do. I leave you with the blessing of Moses as he instructed Aaron to give to the people of Israel in number 6, 24 and 26. He said, may the Lord bless you and protect you and may the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Father, we thank you for what you do in our lives. I thank you for what you have done in the life of Heather Voles. I'm thankful that you have been that rock and that fortress. Lord, we're the ones that often move and and go down roads and paths that you have not necessarily ordained for us, but Father, you are that rock. And God, we're so grateful for that. We're grateful for loving moms and dads and for church members, family members, community members, Father, that have that faithful presence in our lives. We're so grateful for them. Lord, bless each mom here today. May you give them strength when things get weary from those hands that are out to relentlessly pursue them. Father, when the, when the neighbors go to the opposite side of the street, Lord, give them strength. Give them strength and help them. Help each of us, Lord, as we are living in the midst of chaos at times, whether just in our communities, our world, our government, whatever it may be. Father, help us to place you is the rock in our lives. Thank you for what you've done in Heather's life. Thank you for what you've done in countless others. Continue to have your will and your way in our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, maybe you've never committed your life to follow the rock, I invite you to do that today. If you'd like to talk with me about church membership, the altar will be open. Let's stand and sing together.
the names. Be sure to grab a red rose. Glad you're here today. After the choir sings for our benediction, be sure to speak to two or three folks that you haven't spoken to uh, before you leave today. God bless you. Please join us in We Are Singing. <laughs>